why did you get to that place where you thought to yourself, well, I might be single forever? I just got realistic about the dating pool. And I think I probably listened to too many sob stories. And I'll just like mention this like as a sidebar, but like pretty privilege and like growing up and then dating, I was literally never desired. Like I was the girl that guys came to, to spit at my homegirls. At whatever point, I guess when you had that conversation with God, you said, I want my next greatest adventure to be love. Yeah, this was uh, 2021, um, yeah, beginning to 2022. I think at any given moment, I was probably chatting with 12 like quality men, but I didn't have, I dated like, I feel like the rainbow. Um, and I took away preferences. Like after I realized at that- any given moment, I was talking to 12 quality men. <laughs> Black women, please go to Europe. We're not gonna pretend <laughs> that this is not a bar. We're gonna just skate past that. Lovers and friends. Welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, dating, life, intimacy. My name is Shamboodram. I am a sex expert and relationship expert with an educational background in sexology, psychology, and journalism. I am passionate, and I also want to disclaim by saying I am hella sick right now. I thought at first it was like a sexy sick, like, oh, you know, raspy voice, but I just listened to myself back, and I'm that underwater sick that's a little annoying to listen to, so I just wanted to disclaim that. And that is the end of me talking about myself, because this episode is truly about you. Furthermore, it's really, really for anybody who has ever felt this feeling before. God, if I'm the person that you need me to be single until I die. But I was like at that level of peace and acceptance that like this happily ever after isn't for everyone. And if you are one of the lucky chosen ones, my goodness. That right there was the voice of Glow, AKA Glow Graphics, the starring guest on this episode. Because although she said that prayer to God in 2020, this year, she is singing a prayer of gratitude for the love that she found. And I mean literally found because our girl booked a trip to Europe with the sole purpose in mind of looking for love. More on that later. And because of her pride over her success in this pursuit, this year she has chosen to bust it wide open for the internet, like share every single amazing detail. I love you so much. I love you. Congrats on everything you did. Thank you. In the last week or two. I'm, I'm really, I'm avoiding word proud because I don't want to be proud of other people's achievement. That makes no sense. But I'm really so, so happy for you. And yeah, I appreciate you so much. Really love how smart, dedicated no. you are. You're just wonderful. You're, You're a great inspiration, people. Glow has chosen to share, overshare, not to brag, although I'm sure it has a bit to do with it because you should brag when you found love. It's a huge accomplishment, but she is truly oversharing with her followers so that they can overstand step-by-step step how someone who gave up on love gave it one last intentional try and won. So that's where we're going. But before we get there and researching for this episode, I came across a really great article by Lachlan Brown for Hack Spirit called, I Can't Find Love, 20 Things to Remember If You Feel This Is You. So I took my favorite points from this article and I wanna share them with you because if you, like Glow, want to make your next adventure a person, a line that she said that just really, really hit me. If that is how you feel this year, I want you to listen to this list and identify one major pain point or a few if you have them because when you're looking for love a really beautiful grand quest it's very easy to focus on the end goal but arguably the most important thing you could do next is focus on your next step in order to do so you have to know what lies in front of you and so here are some common obstacles that prevent people from finding their person number one you haven't found your person yet because you're not really looking and I know it's a popular sentiment to say that love comes to those who aren't looking, but there is a second line that needs to be added in that. Love comes to those who aren't really looking, but are fully, joyfully, and expansively living. You have got to have a full-ass life that includes lots of socializing and lots of opportunity for people to naturally find you around your interests and things that bring you joy. 
places that you have a natural attractive aura because you are attracted to those things. And so you don't have to intentionally go out there looking for a partner, but you do have to be intentionally living in order for the right kind of partner to serendipitously find you. You haven't found your person yet because your list of wants in a partner is way too long. A book that I reference at nausea at this point is The Science of Happily Ever After. And the strongest point from that book that I think people should pull is that you get three wishes when it comes to finding a long-term romantic partner. This is half based on math in terms of it's just not likely you're gonna find somebody who ticks off 40 plus boxes or even five plus boxes in some cases, but it's also about focus, weighted focus. When you have a list of 20 different things, some things in those lists are not gonna be as important, but if you haven't prioritized them and identified a top three, you might get blinded by your 17, 18, and 19 points, and then forget the fact that they are missing one through 16 on your list. So it is extremely important to get very clear. Start with three if you find that you're having lots of success and you're like, man, I have 20 different soulmate and life partner options who all have my three, then expand to four then expand to five, but really and truly start with that core three. You haven't found your person yet because you're in the wrong place. It is beautiful to think about love spiritually and philosophically, but we have to also think about it practically and mathematically. So when we're trying to find our person, identifying our three things is really crucial. But sometimes if your three things are stuff like must be over six feet, must make six figures, and has to be university educated, if you're in a small town of people and you think about that like marbles, how many marbles are you left with once you put your qualifications in place? And so if you find that my qualifications and my location make it so there's only five possible people that I could date, you might be looking for love in the wrong place. And we move for jobs, we move for family, nothing wrong with moving for love or like Glow, traveling to look for love, which again, we get into in this episode. The reason why you haven't found your person yet is because you're still not over your ex. This is likely because you suffer from intimate idealization where enough time has passed where your brain has exaggerated all the positives of the relationship with your ex and minimized all the negative stuff, making them this untouchable, incomparable person that you will just never find again. And so you're always looking for that person to other people or hoping they'll find their way back to you. But here is the truth. If your ex was your person, y'all would be together. There are obviously some fundamental incompatibilities that make it so they are not your person. So get over the fact that they're the one that got away and open your heart, your mind, and your eyes to the one who is going to stay. Short and sweet, you haven't found your person yet because you have unresolved childhood issues. And if that is you, I'm not a sponsor of this episode, but BetterHelp is a resource that I always want to champion. You haven't found your person yet because you feel like you unconditionally deserve love. And while there is truth to this, because you are lovely and you are lovable exactly as you are in this moment, you are perfect in this moment. There is nothing wrong with you. If you want to expand and make improvements and you're working towards that, that's beautiful. That's a part of why you are so perfect right now. But nonetheless, accept and embrace the fact that you are lovely as is. And that is true. However, love requires compromise and good love calls for expansion which means we have to expand outside of ourselves and try. Again, that's a part of why you are unconditionally perfect right now because you are perfectly fine with making necessary changes to better your relationships. I hope that math added up for you, but yes, you are perfect. Yes, you are lovable, but yeah, you also have to make some adjustments and changes and try hard in some areas that you've been overlooking in order to be in a loving dynamic. Those are the truths. You haven't found your person yet because you try too hard. I hate that this is a psychological truth of humanity, but it is. If somebody is too pushy and too aggressive, it is a huge turnoff. In other areas in life, the harder that we try, the greater that our output and our experiences when it comes to love and dating, we have to keep it at mutual, gradual, and logical. Overzealous and overinvesting, it just doesn't work. You haven't found your person yet because you don't know how to, or you're not letting yourself be yourself. And I say this often, and I wanna say it again. You're not a good actor. Nine out of 10 people that that sentence lands on their ears, it is true for you. 
We might think that we are, but our micro expressions, our body language, those are dead giveaways. And that inauthenticity shines through. Furthermore, even if you are a good actor and you are able to pull it off and trick somebody that you are something that you currently are not, when that person grabs a hold of that, there has to be a bit of resentment because that person loves you for things that aren't really you. So the only way to approach love is with authenticity and vulnerability. Doesn't mean you can't be on a path for self-improvement, but that person has to sign up to be on that journey with you and they have to embrace where you're at today, every single day. And that's the power of love. This might seem like a contradiction to the last thing that I just said, but you haven't found your person because you don't know how to play the game. As you, you play the game and you show up as yourself, but you also get that there is a game here at play. And that takes strategy, that takes seduction, that takes flirtation. It takes knowing what parts of yourself to amplify at different times. There's a lot I can say on this. And thankfully, I already said it in my book titled The Game of Desire. Lastly, you haven't found your person yet because if you're honest, you're afraid of getting hurt. And I'm going to pass the ball to Glow to answer this one because I feel like she slam dunked it. You know, I do know that love is such a vulnerable journey. So when you're opening yourself up to love, like be open to the pain that comes with it, not as a mechanism to be shut down, but just saying, okay, this is part of the journey. Glow Autonomo is a travel blogger turned business coach who has visited nearly 100 countries. She has landed features in Forbes, Oprah Magazine, Condé Nast, Essence, BBC, and also has a podcast of her own called The Glow Show. Through her digital storytelling and public and virtual speaking events, she has reached tens of millions of people from all over the world. And she's about to reach out and touch you directly right after this, though. It is so incredibly hard to give when it is taking everything to just get out of bed in the morning. Universally, we can all agree that feeling unwell is awful and draining. I'm sharing this because I'm also proud to share a solution that ensures that getting help when you feel bad can actually be positive, effective, and efficient. A concept that is possible with ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. To break that down, it's an app that lets you search for doctors based on your needs, your time constraints, and insurance. Then it lets you read patient reviews on the doctor before committing your time and your health to them. No more doctor roulettes or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor that you just haven't met yet. Go to ZocDoc.com lovers and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a doctor who is top rated today. Many are available within 24 hours. Let me spell it out for you. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash lovers or Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash lovers. <laughs> Rapid fire question time. Let's go. What is your relationship status? Spoken for. How long have you been spoken for? Six months. Where did you meet? Online, but physically in Serbia. <laughs> Virtual relationship, in long distance relationship, in person relationship. <laughs> Full story. Is this rapid? Because oh, it's rapid. <laughs> met on an app, met in real life in six weeks, and then have been dating since. Do you guys now stay in the same country or is it long distance? Um, so we do three weeks on, one week off, one to two weeks off. Okay. And then we'll do one full month on next month. So we're still in a rhythm because obviously I have work and I travel and I speak. So yeah, we're figuring that out. But it's kind of a part of the adventure that I love. Fucking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shit. There was no prep for this, but I knew that was a question coming and I was ready to bring my full truth. So yes. Six months. All right, glow, six months, and you're talking about this thing like it's the thing. Yeah, and it was such a big, like I've been on the internet for 21 years doing digital storytelling. So I've shown people a lot of seasons and my love life was always one of those where it was like off limits. But it's interesting what, when, I don't know how to set this up, but one thing that people have always said is when you know, you know. And I'm like, bullshit, like what does that even mean? And 
there's so many journeys that you go on as a person and as an individual. And I went on so many healing journeys in the last two years. And I've also been actively calling in love into my life. But it wasn't just love. It was like life partnership. So I got really clear about what I was looking for. And also, I wanted to make sure that the person that I was calling in was looking for the same things I was. And it's weird to say that I'm so sure, but I've never been more sure about anything else in my life. Because I, I remember having a moment with God. I was like, God, if I am meant to be that person that, because I'm, I'm a believer, I'm a God girl. But I was like, if you want to use my life to show other women that you can live a fulfilled life, you know, single and just doing what you're called to do in service and, you know, giving to the world. I was like, if you want to use me for that, like, and I was crying out, I'm like, God, if I'm the person that you need me to be single until I die. But I was like at that level of peace and acceptance that like this happily ever after isn't for everyone. And if you are one of the lucky chosen ones, my goodness, like hold tightly loosely is my motto of the year. Why did you get to that place where you thought to yourself, well, I might be single forever? I just got realistic about the dating pool. And I think I probably listened to too many sob stories of like friends and just seeing what's out there and movies and Netflix, of course. So yeah, I got discouraged, I think. And I'll just like mention this like as a sidebar, but like pretty privileged and like growing up and then dating, I was literally never desired. Like I was the girl that guys came to, to spit at my homegirls. Hey, yo, G money. Cause that was my nickname. Oh my, what year was this? No, like all throughout <laughs> grade school, high school. It's given heavy nineties energy. No, exa exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm a nineties baby. Mm. 1990. So uh, like, yo, G money. What's up with Stephanie? Like, yo. So like the only attention I got from guys were to hit on my friends. So I, I knew my place as like the middle woman and I was okay with it. I accepted it. Like it, it is what it is. And so I never grew up knowing that I could wield my looks around as like almost like a weapon or like a way to get ahead in life. So I developed a personality and skills <laughs> and a business. And the benefit of that is I never longed for a man to always be on my arm to make me feel complete. I always found hobbies and just things to complete myself. And because of that, I didn't need the constant validation of a man telling me you're this, you're that. Like, so I was like, oh, I appreciate it. But because I know it, my self-love journey is so like deeply rooted. Like, thank you, but I'm not gonna like rely on that. That's interesting because people can go the opposite way mm. where they don't get that very much. And so when they do get it, they hang on to it and they sink their teeth in it, even if it's rotten. Yeah, and I would probably say that was my first like proper relationship in college. Um, he was a model and an athlete, also a basketball player. And yeah, he gave me that first dose of like, oh, you're, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And toxic, got a girl pregnant, you know, just cheated on me multiple times. So um, yeah, that was my, I was like, I think I'm done with dating for a few years. <laughs> so it, it was enough for me to be like, oh, it's ghetto out here. Like, let me go back to what I always knew. <laughs> so yeah, it is a journey. One of my favorite things that you wrote because you've written so many beautiful things about your Thank relationship, you. but you, you wrote that at whatever point, I guess when you had that conversation with God, you said, I want my next greatest adventure to be love. Yeah, this was uh, 2021. Um, yeah, beginning to 2022. So started the year off with like a mantra. And like my mantra was like the pursuit of possibility. And my statement was like, I want my next adventure to be a person. That's what it was. And I was like, I'm ready for my next adventure but I want it to be a person. And I kept calling that in. And as soon as I said it to my, my friend group, they were like, ooh, like they was, glow, ooh, yes, glow, you better. I was like, okay, that's good, isn't it? Okay, and I'm like writing it down. Cause I said it, it was so, you know, you just talking with your girls and you know, your friends, things slip out. And I was like, yeah, that, that does sound right. That sounds good. And I, I mean that, like I do, I am ready for love. And there is this shame that I think we sometimes feel when we express that we are ready for love yes, or that we want love. Yes, the ick. Ah, and I'm like, no, I, I want it. And not in a desperate way. I would all do anything way, but no, like I'm going to call it in and I'm open to receiving it and I'm ready for it. I've healed. I'm healing. Like I'm doing the work on myself and I'm going to let them meet me where I'm at. You said that your mate had to be international. Yes. How did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> I had traveled enough to know that like, and it's a geographical thing as well. Like people who are based in Europe, 
um, for them, being 16 years old and taking a train to Romania is nothing. And there's this lifestyle of like openness, curiosity, adventure. I was like, I want that. And my, a previous partner who was very close to proposing, um, he had been to about 30 countries. And so I was like, oh, okay, I found, okay, he's close. But he's like, oh, no, but that's enough. I've seen enough. And I was like, no, no, no. I've flown to Bali 40 times. It's never enough. <laughs> like, it's the fact that you can go to the same place over and over and over and create a new experience. You broke up with somebody because they wouldn't travel anymore? Oh, it was more than that. Kids, yeah. They, it, and I was willing. I was like, I don't want kids. But because you are six feet, six figures, black man in the U.S., I'm like, this is probably, like, glow, be grateful. <laughs> I was like, it's not many of these. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I'll have your babies, not even knowing that I was like sacrificing everything that I desired for myself. And I got to a moment where I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh no, I don't like her anymore. She is like rolling over and doing everything to keep this man that he'll have everything he wants. And then I get nothing that I want. You know, it's the lifestyle component is huge because it's life partnership. Love is such a small aspect of doing life with someone, the sex, the love, the it's the life. Like, can I do, can I go through shit with you? Can I have adventures with you? Can I cry with you? Like, that's the aspect that I think is left out of these like fairy tale stories because that's really what I think marriage and life partnership is about. A lot of black women say that they get much more love and appreciation from non-American men. Has that been your experience? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think, I think black women do get taken for granted in the U.S., and there is an appreciation and an adoration and an admiration that um, international men do have for black women. And this is fetish aside, you know, hypersexualization aside, there is this like, oh my goodness, you're a goddess. And what have I done to be so lucky to be in your presence? And that can be overwhelming because you might not be used to that, especially being in the U.S. So when I was getting it at first, I was like, please. And I'm looking behind me. I'm like, oh, who are you really talking to? Because that's not for me. Like no black man has told me that. <laughs> and so I even had to get used to like being loved in this way. Like I would tell him, I'm like, I don't know. Like my word of the year is receive because I've never received this abundance of love in this way and not in this like love bombing toxic way, but just like every way that you can tell me you love me, show me you love me, prove that you love me. Like he is just showing up in every way that he can, he, he possibly can. Do black women have to leave America in order to find themselves? Yes, sorry. <laughs> oh, to find themselves. I was gonna say to find love. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes to both. Popping in to show love to the sponsor of this episode, Babbel. Now, I don't know about you, but right now, Glow has me fired up to get out there and see the world, or at least try to be more worldly. So whether you are planning to visit a new country or potentially rendezvous with an international boo like our girl Glow, make this your year to learn a new language with the help of Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you, where your new you takes you. Now, I just started my Spanish lessons as I shared with you guys, and I love that the sessions are number one quick and number two easy, my two favorite words right now. Yo soy Shen. Bienvenidos a lovers and friends. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts if you're a bit more advanced, games, videos, stories, and they even have live classes where you can practice chatting live with other people who are learning just like you. It also comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, you can get up to 55% off your subscription with Babbel when you go to babbel.com lovers. Again, you can get up to 55% off of learning a new language at babbel.com slash lovers. Babbel, language for life. Do black women have to leave America in order to find themselves? Yes, sorry. <laughs> oh, to find themselves. I was going to say to find love. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes to both. Um, no, the beauty about solo travel is that you're on this outward journey, but really it's internal. You learn so much about yourself when you're taken outside of your comfort zone and I often tell myself the foreign became the familiar and the familiar became foreign. And so much of what I thought about the world and how I thought culture and identity and love worked was like <laughs> flipped on its back. And I love this, I love this idea of unlearning 
and relearning everything that you thought about the world and yourself. And that's what solo travel really gave me. Like, okay, Glow, you exist as an individual worthy of love, regardless of anything that you do in this world. Can you go on that journey? And what does that look like? And I feel like it was one of those dark nights of the soul. Are you familiar with that concept where it's like shedding of the self? Like, what is the purpose of life? What does any of this mean? What's the point? Why am I here? Like existential existential crisis times 10. So went on that journey and really got, I don't know, really got honest about what do I hate about myself? What do I love about myself? What can I change? What can I accept? Like what's here to stay? What should be evolved? And I think because I'm in the personal development world, there's this idea that we're never enough. Like you must grow. You must always get better. You must improve. And I'm like, okay, there are aspects of me that I love. There are aspects of me that I need to work on. Aries, impatient as fuck. (laughs) But like what is innately me that is like so authentic to my existence and my being that brings me the light when I enter any room? Like let's explore that and let's learn to really love that. And let's make that the core of who you are. And yeah, that became, I guess, my most recent journey before finding love. It's amazing because when I'm listening to this, I'm just like, what book, what class, what teacher, what course? Because I think Western society benefits off of us having the opposite feelings of us feeling like we're not enough and we have to buy and we have to acquire and we have to get and we have to be with. And alone, we are nothing, we are not enough. And so the fact that you had this before... You were 20 almost. So I studied abroad at 22 and then I like booked a one-way ticket abroad, $500 to my name in 2013. So I was 23 and I was like hell bent on creating a a career, getting paid to travel. So I was so bit, like I was living on a $10 a day budget. So I was so broke. (laughs) I don't think I even had the capacity to think about dating and love. So yeah, I I think that gives me a little bit too much credit. I was just really obsessed with like figuring out how do I make a living doing what I love? You answered it so quickly when I said, you know, that's a blanket statement too. Like, (laughs) do black women need to leave America to find, I was going to say myself, you you heard love and you said yes. Um, Can you elaborate on that for me? I would love more black women to experience dating outside of their race. Because just like most of us, I was like my black king, my black prince, like, even in, in movies, I didn't see black women being paired with anybody but a black man. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm of course, not just black, but culturally, I thought I was going to marry Nigerian. That would really make my parents happy. Um, but the more I started to realize I can't always control what my life is going to look like. And I, if I want it to look a certain way, how is it going to feel? Because I don't care what, what love looks like. How does it feel like for me? We're so obsessed with the perception and like the appearance. Oh, they're so cute together. Like, how do you feel? Do you, are you loved at home? <laughs> like, you look great on Instagram, but how are you crying at night? Is he sleeping with you or with the other one? Like, I didn't want to like stress if I was like actually loved in the relationship. I I had a vision of what my love would look like. And I look at my man and I joke with him. Like, if, if you walked past me on the street, I would not pick you out. I wasn't even attracted to him at first. And I saw a video that said, when you're looking for love, it's alignment, availability, and then attraction. And it made so much sense. The more we became aligned, the more I realized we were available and looking for the same thing, I was falling madly for him. Cause I was like, oh, this is, this is it. It's not the like goo goo gaga, lustful, like, oh my God, I just wanna sleep with it. It's this like deep soul connection, but this beautiful commitment. I want to do life with you. There are all of these options. There are all of these choices. I want you. I choose you. Let's go on this adventure together. I'm ready. Are you? Um, Quick story. Our first date actually never happened because I only do daytime first dates. He took a three-hour train and he missed a connection. So he came 30 minutes after the sunset. I texted him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I never told you this before um, because I thought you were going to come at this time. But I only do daytime dates. This goes against the boundaries that I set for myself. And I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I really, if you block me, if you ignore me, I get it. Like, I wish you the best. I, I apologize that I wasted your time. And sent me this voice note back. Like, oh, my gosh, no biggie, no worries. I totally understand. I'm so sorry that I was late. You know, keep me posted. If you ever come back, I would still love to meet. Like, because I was already on to the next country by the next morning. 
But he was so persistent every other day checking in on me on my travels while I was still actively dating and traveling. And I was like, this guy is, he's persistent. Like, I'm, I told him I'm not coming back to his country. <laughs> and he's still checking in. And it was this foundation of like, no, I think you're a cool person. I, I really want to get to know you. And if that's okay with you, I'm going to keep checking in on you. And sometimes, again, we can be so superficial. And because I didn't think my person was like a white guy, a white Bosnian, I was like, nope, I'm still, you know, waiting was on Was that my... why it was easy to brush him off? Like, yeah. oh, past my boundary, can't come. You're tired. So... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I was like, I was, I think at any given moment, I was probably chatting with 12 like quality men. And so for me, it was like, ah, oh, a misconnection. Eh. But like all of them, because it's Europe, they're all like white, Mediterranean, you know, South African, Cuban, like just a mix. But I didn't have, I dated like, I feel like the rainbow. Um, and I took away preferences. Like after I realized that. At any that, given moment, I was talking to 12 quality men. <laughs> Black women, please go to Europe. We're not going to Europe. pretend that this is not a bar. We're going to just <laughs> skate past that. This is why I want Black women to travel. <laughs> I really, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, there's a lot more options and quality options. You said you dated two people in a yeah. committed relationship that were short term. Yeah. Very short term. Yeah. In like 30, last year, 30 days, 60 days. Yeah. Respectively. What were the things that was like, no, and no. Yeah. The first one was, I think, and what was beautiful about his level of awareness, he was like, I would be selfish to keep you because you deserve better. And I knew that. But he, I met him at a place where he was trying to figure out his purpose in life. And the thing about being, getting so much value out of what you can do for people is that you adapt this fixer role. And I was like, I don't want a project, I want a partner. And yet I found myself trying to fix him. And he got to a point, like, bless his heart. He was like, I know you deserve better than me. And I know that you're staying because I'm like broken right now, but don't do this to you, to yourself. And I was, and we cried. <laughs> I was like, I know, but you're, I don't want to leave you like this. And he was so just kind. And we had a really great closure date, the closure questions. <laughs> and then I gave him like a couple gifts, like just like parting gifts. Like I really did feel bad um, because I think knowing your purpose in life is another, like it's almost as big of a journey as finding love. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy, an aspiring politician, like when you talk about like standards, morals, ethics, just really upstanding guy. But when you want to be in politics, you got all these community service, you have all of these committee boards and chairs. So he's working five days, six days of the week. On the seventh day, he's volunteering for, at the homeless shelter. He's doing something, sitting on a board and like has a huge heart. But I'm like, where do I fit? <laughs> you are not available. He's like, no, 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 babe, just give me a week. I'll take two days off. The, the week would come and it's like, okay, but this, this one chair committee, oh, I know that if I get this, you know, because black man, I know that if I get this, I'll get be in really good standing with this, this person. It's all politics and it's all about kissing ass. And I was like, you know what? You're a great person and you deserve someone who's patient. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to wait around for you because the love that I'm calling in, it's, it's available now <laughs> so so like i appreciate you but like let's not try to force this so just very honest i love that <laughs> i'm loving this story too because <laughs> what's helpful about this for me to frame because the last thing i would want to hear from somebody is that they came off of toxic relationship after toxic relationship that they had a moment they were like my next greatest adventure is going to be a person <laughs> and then they found somebody because at that point they felt like they were drowning in the ocean and this person was a life raft. Mm. Like I've been dragged under, I've been disappointed, yeah. I'm down and out, you, you float, let's go. Oh wow. Which is so not your experience at all. I would say only until 2020. I would say that was when I like downloaded all the apps and really started this intentional dating journey. Um, but again, I'm just grateful because I would see people in love, I would see love happening for my friends engagements, marriages, babies. And I, I did feel like left behind. And I was that single friend that like, oh, Chloe, one day your person is coming. You just, I know that time, I'm like, girl, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dump your pity elsewhere. Like, I know, like this is pitiful, but I'll be okay. Um, so I did feel like I was missing out, but I'm grateful that I was never in a place of desperation yes. or dating out of desperation. 
Like, and, and when you got to that point where yeah. you identified it as a need, yeah. you didn't approach it from a place of desperation. No. So I was single, sober, and celibate. And that was funny enough. That was going to be the name of a book. And my agent was like, hell no. <laughs> but I was like, that's what I committed to for myself before finding my person. I stopped drinking almost 11 months ago. Um, I stopped having sex. I just wanted to like clear out soul tie energy. And yeah, I, I wanted partners that were okay with not having a physical component um, in the beginning. Cause like, again, sex is, I knew that my life partner, sex would be such a small part. Um, so I started going on that journey. I would leave space in between people to clear out any type of bitterness, any frustration, anything that I felt that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted a month. No, gratitude. I would make sure gratitude, compassion, love, light. Like if I felt any bit of like resentment towards them, I would call it out. All right, Glow, why why are you starting to feel like he wasted your time? Like start start like journaling. Like what what's there? And I wouldn't let it just sit and fester because it's gonna come out to someone or somewhere. So I got really good at just like clearing out my energy. Actually, I'm going to call Krizia in here in a little bit towards the end because uh, Krizia, who is the full-time producer on this podcast, who you yeah. communicated with, who's yeah. so phenomenal, yeah. heard what your my next greatest adventure as a person, yeah. and was trying really want to call that into her life this year. Oh. I feel like so much of what you're do- giving is such beautiful advice oh, for how good. to approach a need for yeah. love without neediness, mm. and yeah. that's tricky. It is. It is. And I want to say too, like, cheers to the renewal of hope, Ugh. of hope having a comeback. Yeah. Because I think that we got into the era of being realistic. Yeah. And then accountability is a huge thing, yeah. right? Because of the fact that things are recorded and that what you say can get called upon. And there's Absolutely. the presentism factor there. Absolutely. If you said it three years ago, yeah. I read it today. You said that shit today. Yeah. And I'm judging you based on that. And Absolutely. so we have to always not just think of what we say, but... How is this going to be interpreted through the various stages of life? Absolutely. And that is, I think, a reason why a lot of people are like, I don't want to say too much or give too much because I don't want to look stupid later. And that takes a level of like vulnerability and humility. And one thing that I was like really, again, because I, I went back and forth for probably, yeah, when I was ready to share it, I was like, nope. <laughs> it's like I, I was still like, no, nah, none of their business. Keep it with my friends. Um, but I looked at all of the black women that I really looked up to and just really admired. And I was like, one day they were just engaged or one day it was a wedding photo, but I never saw like how as a public figure, as a public person, as an influencer, as this, you know, how do we do it? And so like showing people that like who are also public figures or who are just everyday people, they need more modern day examples of how to approach online dating, app dating, or just like how to set standards, what questions to ask. And yeah, I just, I always try to create the thing that I wish existed for myself. Somebody is watching this video right now and they just prayed to God yeah. the way that you did yeah. in 2020 yeah. <laughs> and said, God, maybe it's not for me. Yeah. I know a lot of people in my family. Yeah. Maybe they didn't say the prayer, yeah. but they definitely said aloud, this is not for me. Yeah. This part of my life this is not going to happen. Yeah. I maybe I already have a kid or I already have a career. Yeah. Like I have enough. I don't know if love is possible for me and I'm okay letting go of that possibility. I think for those people who have like given up, be open um, be patient and like really love and heal yourself. I thought love would come to me in a certain way. I had to like almost go find it. So like I was op- more open-minded with like, okay, if I want to find someone who's a traveler, like go to the hub of travel, which is Europe. It's in proximity to like six continents. Like it, it is the hub of the world. Like you will find every nationality in Europe. Did you go to Europe to find love? Yeah. Yeah, there's this thing called a Eurorail pass, and you basically can take a first-class train um, to 33 countries, um, unlimited for a month. So I was just like literally mapping out my journey every two days. So I would like start in like Slovenia and then go to Hungary and then Macedonia and Greece, and I'm literally just like winging it. Like I'm swiping, I'm changing my city two days before I arrive on the apps to make it seem like I'm already there. So that by the time I got there, I already had at least one suitor to like meet up with, have coffee, go on a walk with, um, show me their favorite view in the city. 
So yeah, it was like, all right, I'm open, I'm ready. Like, let's date, let's 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 build connection. And on my my profile, I was like also saying like I'm looking for creative connections. So I also made it clear that like while I wanted a husband, while I was looking for a person, I wasn't coming at it from an angle of like you should know whether I'm your woman or not, <laughs> like right away. I don't know. That made sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think there's a very big difference. And I was going to say that too, because the thing with intentional dating sometimes is the intention becomes the bond. And that should never be the basis of yeah. why you say yes to somebody. Mm. It's like, I want a wife. You want a husband. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like I have the parts, you have the parts. Yeah. We both have <laughs> the intentions. And then you were like, okay, did you want to get married to me or did you just want to get married? And there's a very big difference. And so I think that there's something beautiful about saying to the world, I'm looking for a long-term partner. Yeah. And I'm willing to meet and get to know a lot of different people to yeah. see if that makes sense for our connection. That's why I stopped the romantic dates. Like they would bring flowers and chocolate, wine and dine me, $300 dinner. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot. And I'm like, now I feel obligated to keep dating you because you're you're pulling out all the stops. And I'm like, am I being like impressed or am I like building a connection? So like, let me show up in sweats. Let me not have makeup on. Let me just go as if I'm like going on a hike or just meeting up with an old friend. Like I made it super casual and it allowed both, pe both people to kind of like drop their representative and come as they were with their full self of like, hey, let's meet you which in turn allowed you to make a very big decision in 30 days or less as to whether or not you saw a future. Yeah. I like what I'm, I like what you're putting down. I really do. <laughs> okay. I'm going to drag Chrissy's ass in here. Thank you so much. Glow. Yeah, you're phenomenal. Is, oh, you're so it's sweet. A beautiful story. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for you having look me. Beautiful. You're sweet. You're not leaving. So don't like say thank you for having me. Like you're going somewhere. Chrissia really identified with Glow's story because this year she is calling love into her life. If you recall, she was on a couple episodes back at the last episode talking about her divorce and she has been on a dating stalemate for a couple of years and is now truly ready to make a person her next great adventure. So we're gonna go back to Glow, but first we gotta get to a sponsor. I think Glow is so incredibly magical. Just like the sponsor of this episode, Magic Spoon. I am obsessed with this cereal, you guys. I had to dig this box out of the garbage. I mean, who doesn't love cereal? Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as I got older, watching out for sugar and empty carbs became important. And of course, as a mom, something that I want my kids to have, because I want them to have nutritious meals. And that is why our whole family is delighted and obsessed with Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is incredibly delicious while being high in protein and low in sugar. Now we get the variety pack that's four different boxes, including cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So everyone in the family gets their preference and everyone also gets, bam, zero grams of sugar. Bam, over 13 grams of protein. Bam, bam, four to five net grams of carbs. And all of this, bam, for only 140 calories a serving. Let me also note that Magic Spoon gets its name because it is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Go to magicspoon.com lovers to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code lovers at checkout to save $5. The pack of four is 40 bucks, which is probably more than you're used to paying for cereal, but we're also used to cereals that are incredibly unhealthy and that just never expire. And I was really happy to see that my Magic Spoon four pack expires this summer. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that they offer a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, no questions asked, you will get a refund. So again, that is magicspoon.com lovers. And to get $5 off right now, enter the promo code lovers at checkout. So good. So if I could start off with any question, it would be if you have a recipe. For love. Ooh, a recipe. <laughs> Here's the thing. You know how you could try something and you'll love it and then a friend tries something and they hate it? That's how my <laughs> recipe is going to be, okay? Some people will love it. Some people will hate it. But I would definitely say I decided when I was ready for love, um, I wanted to get sober. That was the first ingredient. Not because I was drunk texting exes and I had blackout nights. I just knew that drinking wine was my way of not coping with anxiety or any emotions that felt uncomfortable. So a lot of times they say you have to feel the pain to heal it. I was like, let's go, let's, let's feel it. And so I felt like I was purging all of the emotions as soon as I got sober, 
which was great because the sooner I could purge, the clearer energy I would be able to come into a new relationship with. So sobriety was a big one. And then celibacy. <laughs> I, um, I've had my fun. <laughs> but I definitely was like, you know what? I think, and I told this to Shan, that sex is the lowest form of connection that I could have with someone. So becoming celibate was also my way of like taking out any confusion because a lot of times we confuse lust with love and I didn't want that confusion. So that recipe is really intentional, but it, it was honestly just those two things. It was like single or sorry, sober and celibate. And I guess I would also add if I didn't know within 30 days whether I would last with someone, the answer was probably no. Like I've talked with my person about this, like we're not just looking for love, we're looking for life partners. And when he told me that you're the love of my life, I was like, I've known this about you, but I didn't want to say it first. So thank God we're here. And there was never room for question. He made it so clear that I'm doing this, like I want this, and you're never going to have to doubt where you stand in my life. Here, here are my closest friends. We're going to their house. And what did that look like on his <sighs> part? What did he say? Were there specific words he said? Because I think it's really tricky to navigate that nowadays. And this is where I think international men have the upper hand because that emotional maturity, like I read some studies that said men don't emotionally mature until 43 and women 32. Now, I don't know if that's international study or just one region, but I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> he's 30. He's two years younger than me. So I was like, but he's international again. So there he has, he comes from a country that has a really war-torn history. And at one years old, his parents' house was shot and burned down. So like he comes from a place where he had to grow up really quick. He knows what it's like to survive. And he also knows what it's like to want something in life and have it taken away from you. So he has this ability to express himself without fear and not be afraid of like coming across as too vulnerable. And one of the first things I said to him is, I'm an Aries. I'm a fire sign. I love hard. And when I was dating, I wasn't doing like, mm, I'm going to give this guy 20% of me and let him earn the other 80. I'm like, I'm bringing 100 day one. I, I, I don't want to question whether I gave enough and it didn't work out. It's like I came with 100 from the very first day. And I don't regret giving 100% energy to the wrong partner because I know that like I gave it my best shot. And I told him that I'm like, listen, I'm going to come with 100 percent. If it's a lot for you, I'm just letting you know that's who I am. I don't hold back my love. I don't want to negotiate my generosity. I'm a giver at heart. And if it's a lot for you, like, let me know. But this is who I am. What did that conversation look like? Because I'm always yeah. curious as to how to have that conversation, because I love hard too yeah. and I give my full 100% yeah. from the get-go oh like we were on the phone so like before we met so it took us six weeks to meet we were doing like daily facetimes about three hours each and I was like okay so I'm just gonna let you know this <laughs> I'm like I'm a lover and I'm a giver and my heart is big and I wear it on my sleeve when I feel something I'm probably gonna say it and sometimes I regret it but more often than not I'm gonna be glad that I said it and if there's ever a point where it's coming off a bit strong or it's making you feel a bit like overwhelmed, let me know. And it's not that I'm going to scale back. I'm just going to know that you're not my person. <laughs> and I didn't say that, but like, I was like, if this is too much for you, like there will always, you're always going to be just enough for the right person. So if I'm too much, it means you're not mine. And so the fact that he was like, no, bring it. I'm ready. I love it. No, I want more of it. Like he was so like, receiving of it and he gave it right back takes me to that thought that i'm 32 and yeah. you're 32 so yeah. we're in that same yeah. age range and yeah. just um thoughts for our life ahead but yeah. i think it's so hard to sometimes navigate not getting attached quickly and yeah. separating okay you're not what i want so yeah. how did you go through all of these other partners that you're like, no, this is not yeah, it. Yeah. You know, there's a book called Attached. I forget the author, yes. but yeah, I mean, it's so good. <laughs> and it just talks about anxious attachment style or different attachment styles. But I started to feel like, do I have anxious attachment style? Because when one guy claimed me by the first date, I was like, oh, that's the standard. 
if you don't ask me to be your girlfriend on the first date, like, and my ego was like, oh, you're first date worthy. Like you should be claimed by the, and I was like, no, Chloe, that's anxious attachment. Like that was one man's experience. That does not have to be every man's. And so like, even with my, you know, my, my love, I almost said his name. I know my blessing. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's taking more than one day. Okay. So let's be patient. Let's, let's let this play out. But I started to feel that anxiety of like, how does he not know that like, I am the person, <laughs> No, but I, I had to bring all of my, my insecurities, my doubts, my fears. And the fact that I was so open and so vulnerable early on allowed us both to have such open conversation around like, wow, we're, we're both like looking for our, our person. And if there's ever, like this is a conversation I actually had with previous partners. If there's ever a day you no longer feel like I'm the person, tell me sooner than later. You don't need to drag it on. I will not be hurt. Like I, I rather you tell me as soon as you know, cause like we're, we're come on, we're grown. Yes. <laughs> and like, we're all like, we're not getting younger. <laughs> So don't, life is short, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't waste our time. And so having that conversation with him and him being younger. So he, he looks at time maybe a little bit differently, but I was like, I really, I am on a journey where I'm so sure that I want my person. Like I'm, I'm in a season where I'm looking for my person. And if you think that's not the season that you're in, like, don't be afraid to say that because I want to be super clear about where I'm at and I also don't want to scare you or overwhelm you, but like, this is where I'm at. And so if it's too much, just let me know. And he's like, I'm here. I'm here. Are you, are, you want to do this? Let's do this. Um, I, I asked that, and it's good you brought up the attachment styles because yeah. I am new to dating, been divorced yeah. for four years, and I see anxious attachment come up a lot. Yeah, of course. So he he probably gave you a lot of grace. If you could tell me what did you give him? him that really helped solidify that relationship I would love to know I love this question (laughs) so what I told Shan is that there there was a video that I watched that put um kind of like what you're looking for in this order so it was first alignment then it was availability and then it was attraction so when we first matched because we met on an app um I had this daytime date rule where I don't date do first time dates at night So he had a three hour train and he missed a connection. So he actually arrived 30 minutes after sunset. And I was like, oh my gosh, my rule. And because I didn't expect him to break the rule, I was like telling him my rule for the first time. And I'm like, oh, he probably thinks I'm this entitled bitch. Like, oh my gosh. But I had to like, I had to protect myself at the end of the day. And so I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize like you would be this late. And I had this rule where I only do first dates in the daytime. And it just, it's a way to protect myself. And I am so sorry. You can block me. You can un- like, I get it. Like, I really apologize. I, I hope you're able to find something to do in the city. And I wish you a safe trip home. And I was just, I was literally, when I sent the text, I was like, <laughs> I threw my phone on my, in my hotel room. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm the worst person in the world. Like, how could I do this? Like, who, who, do, who do you think you are? I looked into the mirror. I was like, who do you think you are? Like, cause I had never had to like cancel a date for this reason yes. yet. And I was like, just like, just feeling like shit. And I got a text like immediately after, not just a text, but a voice note. Oh my goodness. No worries. I get it. No biggie. I totally understand. Sorry. I'll next, I, I hope that you come back. Cause I was already leaving to the next country the next day. And yeah, we, we kept chatting, but he's like, do you have any intention to come back? And I was like, no, I really didn't. Yeah. And so he was checking in on me every other day, but I was like still traveling, still actively doing my daytime dates. And like not thinking of it, it was like a misconnection, passing planes in the sky. And so I just kept like living life. And he was so persistent about like, how are you? How how are things? What are you what are you experiencing? And so I'm like being super casual about it. I'm sending him landscapes that I'm seeing and just like plants and food. And then I send like one selfie to be kind of cheeky. And that's the only photo he reacts to. <laughs> so I'm like, is he flirting with me? Are you? It's been at this yes, it was. <laughs> at this point, it had been like two and a half weeks since we missed our connection. And so he was like, you know, I'd love to do like just a video call if you're up for it. I know that you're not coming back to my country, but I would still, you know, just love to chat. And it just became this persistent like thing of like, I still am interested in you as a person. And I was like, by the third week, I was like, 
I'm ready to come. Like it was going to be an 18 hour flight. I'm like, I'm coming back. I'm ready to meet you. And that was my way of meeting him where he was at and showing him that like, I'm just as committed. And if you really want to do this and like, like, why not? Let's, let's, let's meet. And that first meeting, terrifying. I'm on the plane and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? like? This is stupid. This is, he's a catfish. He has seven toes. I'm like, he has horns. coming. I'm like, what, who does this? Cause there is that idea as well that like women should always be pursued. Like you're getting on a flight and you're chasing someone. And I'm like, no, actually I'm like, like matching his grace, matching the level of grace that he had for me when I told him no on the first date. So, Glow, if you could give me any advice or any woman or person dating and exploring, what would that advice be? Gosh, you know, love is such a beautiful and often painful journey. So if you are ready to be open to love, be equally open to the pain that can come with it. Now, I got very lucky and fortunate that this worked out the way it did. But in another world, he could have been a complete asshole and I could have gone through something traumatic. Like, I feel very fortunate that the stars aligned the way it did and that God was just so present in that moment. But, you know, I do know that love is such a vulnerable journey. So when you're opening yourself up to love, like be open to the pain that comes with it, not as a mechanism to be shut down, but just saying, okay, this is part of the journey. Shout out to Glow. Please go and follow Glow on Instagram. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. I have an episode, Lovers and Friends, coming out with Stefan Speaks. I believe it'll come out next week. And Stefan is a relationship and love expert who is very spiritual and also very of the mind that there's the masculine and the feminine and that we have to really restore uh, those concepts back to the way that they were more traditionally. If I'm misquoting you, please forgive me. But he seemed to be of that community. So when I did that big burp, I thought of him as dedicated to you, Um, who I thought was quite lovely. So I'm taking that tongue in cheek. I'm not saying that in a rude way. It's dedicated to you because it made me think of our conversation, which I'm excited for everyone else listening on. Speaking of excited, wow, what an episode. Glow Graphics, go and follow her ass on Instagram. Just stunning and vibrant and super cool and always doing amazing things and inviting people along for the ride, whether that ride is to a love and life story or to Bali. Um, You can go and follow all of the fun things that she does. And she just is a beautiful writer and somebody who I've been in touch with for a couple of years now. She actually booked a one-on-one session with me, which was our first interaction back when I was doing the Happy Main Character Energy um, seminar. And we've just kept in touch ever since. And I'm always inspired by her work. You can be too for the low price of free 99 when you follow her on Instagram at Glow Graphics. Also, go and follow the producer of this podcast, Krizia Cruz. Number one, if you ever have questions about lovers and friends, that is the person who is going to respond to you. Uh, Number two, follow along on her love journey. And she's just a really lovely person. So that's Krizia.Cruz. I will also put her information down below in the show notes. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Let's read some ratings and reviews because I like it and I hope you do too. And furthermore, I hope that it pressures you to go and rate and review the podcast on your own. I read them, I learn from them, and I benefit from them. Let's just keep it real. When you rate and review the podcast, you give us a boost and a boot of, you boost us up. It actually helps to improve your rating on Apple Podcasts. So anyways, let's go. Right now we have 4.8 thousand reviews. Can we make it to five next week? Is that too big of an ask? Is there 200 people listening right now who can go and do this? Let's see. Anyways, here are some people who did do it. Evelyn Peekyboo, so glad I found this podcast. It has been intriguing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening. It is so well-spoken. I love the energy and rawness of every episode. Definitely looking forward to more. Shout out to you. Noose Bash said, impressed by the interviewer preparation. Wow, that's really, really cool because I never prepare for interviews. We always choose the topic ahead of time, but I never uh, research on that person, on that topic, because I really want to approach it with like peak curiosity. So... The preparation, oh, I mean, whatever, it's clever. I take, let me take the compliment. That's my new 2023 
uh, resolution, just take the fucking compliment. Don't disclaim it. I do prepare, just not in the traditional way. All right, someone said binge-worthy. SD Sayers, say the name, be respectful. SD Sayers says binge-worthy. I fall in love with the podcast. It strokes all the best spots. They made that smiley face. Did I do it right? Keisha says, I am new to your podcast, so I will start listening to it at night. And it makes me think about the things that people say. And sometimes I can relate to it most of the times, but I just enjoy listening to podcasts a lot. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Maya Cologne says, this is the most right on time podcast I've got in rotation now. Shan, thank you for having such great conversations and guests that truly made a difference on my own self-love journey. I love that. Wendy Sharp says, love the show. I listen at work and it helps me tune out all the other chatter around me. I hear that. Sometimes I find myself laughing and being stared at. Oh, I love that. I really do because I'm trying to find the balance here of being really silly, but also very serious and giving you guys real and raw, but also preparation and meat. And I find that I really overanalyze my intros and my closings a lot. Like, did I give enough? Um you know, information? Was it too fluffy? Did it not have enough heart to it? So I appreciate that you do find levity in it, but I also appreciate that some people find meat. I'm always trying to find the balance. So please also feel free to use the rate and review section as a way to tell me what you want to see done differently or episodes that you really enjoyed and maybe ones that you think I could do a little bit better on or think about in a different way. I want to be in conversation with you because this community is my favorite community by far. Are you supposed to pick favorites? Because, you know, everybody who says yes to following you is just, my gosh, I owe everything to you. But those of you who say yes here, I like you better. I like you a lot. And I hope you come back next week. All right. Bye. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Shan and Krizia Cruz with production support from Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, my husband, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audio Boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can and please, I hope you do, show love to by reading our show notes. <laughs>